Welcome back, everyone. We're here for Season 1, Episode 4 of the Behind the Mic Podcast. We hope you would enjoyed our previous three episodes with Brett Myers, Tim Sinclair, and most recently, Sean Pebbles. Be sure to tune in to next Wednesday, July 1st, when I talk with public address announcer of the Miami Heat, Michael Biamani. Download the Anchor, Spotify, or Google Podcast apps to listen to our conversations so far and the many more to come. For social media, we're on Facebook, BTM Podcast Alex is how you can find the page there. And Twitter, it's BTM Podcast underscore Alex. My guest today is the public address voice of Jordan Hare Stadium, home of the SEC's Auburn Tigers, Mr. Rick Smith. Rick, very pleased to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. It's good to see you. My first question, as has been the lead question for most all of the interviews so far on the show, how did you realize this was something you could do, public address announcing, at least in the short term? And was it someone or something that inspired you? Or was it, what was that introduction of PA announcing like? I think like most people who are involved in announcing in, in any way, there's a, there are a progression of steps that happen. And, and for me, I first got involved with radio at WEGL, which is the campus radio station at, at Auburn. That's when I was a student. And, you know, as you know, once you get involved, one thing, tends to lead to another. And so I began at, at WEGL and did a number of things a, along the way. My, my first experience in public address was with Opelika High School football. Uh, Opelika is a community next to, to Auburn and, and Opelika is where I live. So I, I had done a number of radio things over the years. And the guy who had been the longtime voice of, of the Bulldogs had decided to retire and, and ask if I would be interested. So that, that was my first step in, in PA, and, and I love being a part of it. But, and one of the things I love most about public address is the immediate feedback, because I'm actually seeing the people that, that I'm talking to, and I enjoy that. What is a piece of advice or something you've otherwise learned over your tenure as an announcer that you'll always hope to keep with you until this is no longer a thing, and why, why would that be the case? Well, the, the advice that, that I pass along, and I actually teach a, a class at, at Auburn. I teach in the School of Communication and Journalism, so I now teach a class in, uh, in announcing, that, among other things, but it's news and sports announcement. And one of the things that, that I tell the students again and again is, is practice as much as, as possible, get as much experience as possible, and always record what you're doing and go back and listen. And, and I still do this as, as long as, as I've been involved in broadcasting and announcing in some form, it's still important to record what I do and, and listen. Networking is something, especially during this pandemic, that I found to be increasingly important in terms of wanting to advance in this field. Do you have any stories of how you've experienced networking, or if not, how important you at least see it being in the industry? Well, I think networking and, and anything is, is important, but this is, is really how I look at it. In fact, let me first say how, how I don't look at it. One, one aspect of, of networking, and this isn't necessarily wrong, but one aspect is networking is meeting as many people as you possibly can to help you along the way. And again, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think there's much more to it. It seems to me that, that networking should be a, a mutually beneficial relationship. Now, when someone is young in the industry, it may be that, that they're meeting people who can help them more than they're able to to help others. You know, that's just part of being young and growing and, and learning and, and developing. 
but there's even then, and, and certainly later on, there are opportunities maybe to to help those people who initially assisted you, and perhaps the the best way to honor them is to pass it on, it, is to help the next generation that is coming along. So in in general, that's the way I I look at networking, and I encourage my students to think of it as a mutually beneficial two-way relationship, not just that, that one-way street. Now, having said that, I, I think a, another important aspect of, of networking is whatever your first gigs are. And again, for me, that was at WEGL, the campus radio station at Auburn. You know, whatever you do, uh, do it well, do it to the best of your ability. And of course, you know, experience is a great teacher. So we, we learn as we go and we get better as we go. Uh, but, you know, do the best you can and be a pleasant person to work with. Be respectful of, of the people around you. And if you do that, one opportunity will lead to another opportunity that, that leads to another opportunity. And that's how it has been for me. And, and I think if you talk to anybody in the business, they would say the same thing. You get the role of PA voice at Jordan Hare Stadium if I pulled the year from the video correct, another video correctly, 2006. Is that correct? That's right. 2006 was my first season. So, what was that first experience like, and how often have you found yourself perhaps looking back to 14 years ago to that first time your voice went over the PA system at Jordan Hare Stadium? Yeah, there's some things you never forget, and and that's one of them. Uh, the first game from 2006, uh, Auburn played Washington State. And it was ESPN's primetime game that, that night. Uh, the person who had been the stadium announcer before me was named Carl Stevens. Uh, Carl had been the stadium announcer for 27 years and uh, is often referred to as the legendary Carl Stevens, and rightly so. And, you know, I, I got to know Carl uh, before stepping in, into that position. I first met him when, when I was a, a student in Auburn. And you know he was always very gracious to me. Uh, would always take time to talk about announcing and and other things. And so you know part of this was this experience of stepping in at the mic for Carl. And you know I I knew that night there were going to be eighty seven thousand four hundred fifty one people listening to see what was coming because they they knew the change. But yeah you know it was this great excitement. And this this great thrill and and this great honor uh, to to be a part of the Auburn tradition. I grew up a, as an Auburn fan. My my dad was an Auburn student. I was. Uh, my wife and my son has now graduated from Auburn. So you know you, you hear Auburn people talk about Auburn family, and that is very much true. And it's certainly true for for the Smith family. So to to have the honor of of stepping behind the microphone for Carl and being part of that experience was something I'll never forget. What does a typical game week look like for you? How early do you start prepping and what kind of prep do you do yourself as opposed to something that Auburn might provide for you? For the most part, I'll, I'll do some work on, on Monday before a home game on, on Saturday. That primarily in, involves you know, maybe a little internet research just to see what I can learn about the other team. As far as the script, uh, Dan Heck is, is the marketing director, and Dan and I work very closely together. He will begin to send me pieces of the scripts uh, sometime on Monday, more likely Tuesday and Wednesday as it begins to, to come together. So I will take what he sends me and put it in a, in a format that's easier 
for, for me to read. So, you know, I take the Word document that, that he has sent and then uh, manipulate it a little bit to make it uh, visually appealing for me. And just run through it, look at the phrasing, you know, see if there's anything that I need to follow up on. Uh, also, at that time, I'll begin to look at the other team to see if I can determine who the starting lineup may be. I finalized that on, on game day, but just to have some idea. Uh, the internet is a marvelous tool for a stadium announcer. When, when I first started in 2006, you know, the internet then was, was still in its infancy. So they're, compared to what we have now, there wasn't as much information available. But now I can find rosters online, uh, pronunciation guides, which are, are marvelous. And, and now the new audio guides, I'm, I'm sure you've heard where you click the little yeah. icon and you hear the, the player say his own name. That, that is an absolutely wonderful thing for an announcer to have. So what it allows and from that point of view is for me to do a lot of work that, say, in 2006 I was doing on game day morning. Once I got to the stadium, I can now have prepared ahead of time. And, you know, the, the, the more I can work ahead of the curve, the better. And then as, as the week progresses, it, it's more about working on the, on the script, uh, making sure I have my spotting charts together. And uh, then by Saturday morning, let's say it's a, an evening game, let's say it's a six o'clock kickoff. I'll, in the morning, I'll run through the script again. Sometimes there are last minute changes, but I'll run through the script uh, out loud in, in my house because it's very important to, you know, to say things as, as I will on, on game day. So make sure that the script is as tight as, as I need it. Make sure I have the, the rosters together, the pronunciation, pronunciations together, any, any other pieces that, that I need. And then it's time to head down to the stadium and do the game. I'm, I'm sure you can agree with me on this. Public address announcing, especially within the field of college athletics, is a team effort. How has that been for you? And that being said, who all is with or around you on a typical Auburn game day? I am very fortunate in that I am surrounded by a, a wonderful team of people. And, you know, one of the things that, that I often say in conversations like this is since I'm, I'm the stadium announcer and, and people hear my voice, that means I get a certain amount of attention. But the reality is I'm just one small part of a very good team. Uh, the the person I have to put at the top of that list is Eric Canada. Eric is, is my spotter. We have been friends for, for years. But he is very much uh, at my right hand, uh, literally and figuratively, and is you know, excellent at, at what he does. So, you know, so much of what I'm saying, he is, he is feeding to me. And when I talk about announcing, I often say uh, we. And the reason is it, it is very much he and I together in this. I, I like to joke that he does the thinking and I do the talk and it, it sometimes feels that way and he's so good at what he does and feeding me the information in, in the way that he does. So Eric is at the top of that list. I mentioned Dan Heck who's the marketing director who is an absolute joy to, to work with. He is so good at, at what he does uh, directly with, with me and in, in putting the script together in the way that he does but everything else that's involved in, in his job is, is marketing director. The scoreboard operator is Richard Stevens. Richard is, is Carl Stevens' son. So it, it's great to have that continuation of, of the Stevens family. Uh, Jason Harbison serves as my backup and, and is involved in spotting and a variety of other things that, that Jason does. And you know, there's the, the sound guys who are exceptional. War Eagle Productions is, is the video team. 
the sports information team, you know, have an opportunity to work very closely with them, game day operations. And really that list goes on and on. It's, it's most people from outside of, of the game day experience, you know, fans who are coming in. It's hard to imagine how many people are involved in, in putting on a football game. It, it involves a tremendous amount of very dedicated and very talented people. Is there something within public address announcing that you'd wish you'd known when you got started? Or has there something that you see today's announcers doing that you would kind of want to maybe not necessarily harp on, but make sure that that's known for them to be better announcers? No, I don't, I, you know, I don't think it's my place to criticize what others do outside of if, if someone were not prepared. You know, I, I think that that's the, the most serious violation in, in the way that, that I would see it. And, you know, different announcers have different, different styles and different schools have different styles. Uh, Auburn's approach, and, and this goes back as, as far as I know, it was certainly true of Carl Stevens. Leland Childs was the public address announcer before Carl. So, you know, as far as I know, this has always been the, the Auburn tradition, but Auburn's approach to announcing it is to be neutral. So I announce both teams the same. Now, there are a lot of other things going on in the stadium with, with the video board and the band and the, and the cheerleaders. I mean, you know, there, there's a tremendous amount going on that is creating that, that Jordan-Hare game day feel. Uh, but from a, a stadium announcer point, part of that game day feel is, is to be neutral in our approach. Now, other schools, the announcer is has more of, of that cheerleader approach, you know, where they're they're bringing the the, the fans in, into the game, and that's perfectly fine. It's not that one is right and one is wrong. It depends on on the team. It depends on on the school. So, you know, I would never criticize a, another announcer for for their approach because they have to do what's right for them. They have to do what's right for their school. Now, I've seen online that you've had experience at the SEC football and baseball championships. What have those events been like for you in comparison with your role with Auburn football? I'm you know, honored to have the opportunity to work with, with Auburn and honored to have the opportunity to work with the SEC. And, and again, it's a matter of being a, a part of, a, of an exceptional team. If I can go back to talk to speak on, on a way that I speak to, to my students. I say to them that every day is an audition. This goes back to this networking conversation that, that we were having. I say to them every day is an audition. And what I mean by that is you never know who's watching. You never know who's, who's paying attention. And that's actually the way that I stepped into this SEC announcing job. Uh, it was 2006. I knew that the, the person who was announcing SEC championship game was, was going to retire. He was going to retire at, at the end of, of the 2006 season. And, you know, this was my first year announcing college football, so I really didn't expect to, to have an opportunity for that. But you always hope and, and you always dream. But one day I got a call from someone who worked with the SEC, and he said, I was at the game on Saturday. We had had a home game. And he said, I heard what you do and, you know, this, this neutral approach that, that Auburn has. For the 2007 championship, we will be looking for someone to, to fill that, that spot, and we would like for you to come to the game in December 2006 and serve as a backup, and we can talk and, and see if, if things will progress. And they did. So, you know, the, the point of that is there was someone who, who was listening that I had no idea who was in. They were in the stadium. 
it was someone I had never met before. Uh, I was auditioning for a job, in effect, without knowing I was auditioning for it. And I think that's true for, for all of us, no matter what we do. It's especially true in, in announcing because so many people hear what you do and you, know, you don't know who those individuals are. But it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. There are people paying attention. And you need to do your best every opportunity you have. So that, that was the, the initial conversation. So uh, in December of 2006, uh, I was in Atlanta for the game. And then in May of 2007 is when I began announcing the SEC baseball tournament. And then in December of 2007 was the first year of, of announcing the SEC football championship. I can't go much further in this discussion without mentioning your past role involving the Olympics as well. Um, as an information manager, how was that for you in the bigger picture of your sports-related career? And do you perhaps have any interesting stories or pointers from that experience with the Olympics? Yeah, the way the Olympics uh, gig came about is I've, I've always loved the Olympics from the time that I was a little kid. I've just always been fascinated by it. And in 1996, the games were going to be in Atlanta. And I, I live about 100 miles from Atlanta. And I just wanted to be involved in some way. I, I would have worked for free. I, you know, I just wanted to somehow be there and be a part of it. And I'll, I'll try to, to make this long story not long. But uh, there is, is a group in, involved with, with each Olympics that is involved in, in television production. So the networks do what they do, but there's also what is known as a host broadcaster that provides neutral coverage of every minute of, of every event. And each Olympics will attempt to bring it. They want to make it as local as they can, even though it's an international event, of course. They want to make it as local as possible. So for certain positions, they want to hire local people, local meaning 100, 200 miles away, and, and many, many others that they hire too, of course. So for some of the entry-level positions regarding this television production, Auburn University was one of their target schools, and along with many others in the area, the University of Georgia. You know, there, there were a number of others that, that were within that footprint, but Auburn was one of them. And I happened to be the contact person for Auburn with the person with what was called Atlanta Olympic Broadcasting, AOB, that worked as part of the Atlanta Committee for the Olympic Games. See, this gets confusing, doesn't it? I'm sorry. Anyway, he came to Auburn to talk to recruit students. So while he was there, I thought, you know, here's, here's the networking angle. Here's my opportunity to, you know, I met this person just to say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do, and I would love to be involved in, in some way. So I bought him lunch. And we had an opportunity to talk. And again, it is that networking thing. I said, you know, this is what I, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is the experience that, that I've had. I would love to be involved in, in some way. And he recommended me to someone else. And that led to a meeting that led to another meeting that led to another meeting. And then I was hired to be an information manager for the Atlanta games, which is very much like being a sports information director for a venue. And then again, once you're involved, you know, do, do the best you can do well and be a pleasant person to, to work with. And that led to Sydney and then Salt Lake and then to Athens. We talked about your experience as a lecturer and internship director at the university. Tell me about what that has been like for you and how that kind of lines up with your announcing schedule as well, because I'm sure that's something that's crossed your mind over your time holding both positions. Yeah, it has. You know, falls can be rather busy. 
with all that, that's going on. But it, it works out very well, especially teaching in the School of Communication and, and Journalism. I'm involved in, in these activities like announcing and like the Olympics that tie in directly to what we're doing in the classroom. And, you know, all of the work that is done in the classroom is essential. It is exceptionally important. What is also essential and exceptionally important for our students is practical hands-on experience. And so this, this classroom connection I have, and then the, the sports announcing connection that I have allows me, you know, not only to bring important information into the classroom and important speakers into the classroom, but also make connections with students outside of the class so they can get the experience that they need. How important have you found that role of internship director to be in terms of giving that experience to the students of Auburn University and having that role within the institution? Uh, yeah, I'm very happy to have it. And I'm very glad that, that our program is structured the way that it is. We require all of our students to, to enter because we want to make sure that they are gaining some practical experience along the way. The more, the better. And, and we create a variety of opportunities for practical experience but we want to make sure they have at least one that functions in, in the way that, that it does. And the feedback we get from students is they appreciate the opportunity. Uh, sometimes they appreciate it more at the end than they did in the beginning because, you know, an internship is challenging. It's, it's, it's tough, uh, but it, it's also extremely valuable because of what they're able to learn in, in that situation. And so I'm, I'm very happy that, that the School of Communication and Journalism recognizes the value of the internship and, and, and places the, the, the attention on it that we do. Just a couple more questions for you. You talk about how the model, if you will, at Auburn, the neutral announcing, how does that help you in terms of some of the biggest moments of the season trying to maybe contain that fandom of being an Auburn grad and working at Auburn and all that? Does that kind of help you contain that in a way, or what's that situation like for you? You know, it's funny you ask that. The, the question that I am asked most is, how do you not lose your mind <laughs> in the middle of a game? Uh, you know, I, I had the opportunity of, of calling the kick six. So, you know, you're, you're familiar with that. I, I think yeah. every college football fan in the world is familiar with with a quick with a kick six, and of course the you know the game before that is, is what is called the the miracle in Jordan Hare, the prayer in Jordan Hare. Um, so you know we we had those two games back to back, and and here's my answer to this, and it and it really is is true. Um, you know deep down inside, I I'm an Auburn fan when I'm calling an, an Auburn football game. I I want Auburn to win, but at the same time during a game, I'm not there to be a fan. I'm there because I have a job to do. And I have to take my emotion out of it. And it, it's really, a, it's going in with that attitude. You know, that's really how, how I have to approach it, is I go into a booth and I say, I'm never going, once I walk into the booth, I'm not going to say anything to anyone in this booth that I don't want an entire stadium to hear. You know, you have to be very careful about microphones. A lot of people have been embarrassed because they thought the microphone was off. So, you know, my personal policy is I'm not saying anything that I don't want everyone to hear. But it is this idea of, of I'm here to do a job, I'm here to be a, a professional, I'm here to, to call the game, and that's how I have to approach it. And so far, I've, I've uh, been able to, to do that. And you know, 
there's so much emotion in the game. There's so much energy in a game. There's so much focus that, that is required. So it's really just a matter of focusing on, on the play at hand or the announcement at hand or, you know, whatever is, is before us. And this is just as true for Eric as it, it is for me. And we have to do that job. And again, with the SEC championship, you know, I'm, I'm not there as a fan of, of any team. And I don't see any other team that, that plays in the SEC championship game as, as a rival in that moment. It's, it's two teams who have achieved this marvelous opportunity for them of playing in the SEC championship game. And, you know, today, the way that plays out, it probably means they're going to be playing for the national championship as well. So for me, it's, you know, it's this opportunity to see two great teams play each other with not only the SEC championship at stake, but potentially the national championship as well at stake. And so, you know, my job is uh, to focus on, on what's happening in, in that moment. You know, and, and it's not about me and what I'm doing. It's about the players and it's about the fans in the stands and, and it's about the moment of the game. I want to ask you about something that my previous three guests have kind of brought up as well, and that's if the fans are leaving the stadium talking about you, you've done something wrong. How have you kind of maybe kept that in mind for yourself in terms of, and how, I guess, more generally, how do you see that in the field of public address announcing, making sure that you're not a topic of conversation as people are exiting the facility? Yeah, I, I, that's a very good point they, they've made. And, and I think that that's true. And, and it's especially true with a neutral approach like we have. Uh, There's actually something funny that, that happened. Uh, Jeremy Roberts is, is the person who was involved in, in hiring me for, for this position. And uh, so that's 2006. This was about, this must have been the, the 2009 season, I guess, when he said it. But I, I saw him one day as I was walking into, into the stadium. And he said, you know, he said, you've been announcing for three years now, and no one knows who you are. This is great. And he laughed when he said it. I mean, you know, it, it was said as a joke, but what he was saying was, that's a good thing because it means things have not gone wrong. It means there has, has not been some disaster. And, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of that. And, and the reality is most people don't know who I am. Uh, when the game is over, my job is done for the day. So Eric and I, walk out of, of our area and we're on a on a ramp going down with the fans as, as they're exiting the stadium. And I'm just in, in that scenario, I'm just one of those fans like everyone else at that point. They don't know who I am. And I like it that way. And I mean there are times I mean I meet people and you know I've done you know interviews like this and, and sometimes video is involved so they see what I look like as well. And the students know. So I mean there there are people who know it's it's not quite like that. I'm not completely anonymous. But I'm, I'm not the center of attention. Again, the, the players should be the center of attention. That, that's where the focus should be. One final question for you. This is a little bit of a fun one. You could deem it serious, however you so choose. But you get to work in a conference like the SEC, and anybody that's familiar with college athletics knows just the – prowess of a conference like the SEC. I want you to take the floor here and let me know what, what do you think is so great about a conference like the SEC? Well, the talent level is astronomical. I mean, you know, look at it, who plays in the SEC and not just one or two teams, but team after team, which means each week 
every team, and, and when two SEC teams are playing each other, every team has a chance to win. And every, every team also perhaps has a chance to lose because you just never know. And, you know, you, you see the level of talent, you see the level of, of commitment, you see the level of, of fan engagement. SEC fans are exceptionally passionate about their schools. And that can be true for other conferences as well. But you see that for SEC schools. And, you know, what, one of the things that's so fascinating to me about the SEC and so much fun to be a part of is you have fans who are, are passionate about their own team but they're also passionate about the SEC as a whole. And so you'll find, you know, SEC fans, sure, they're pulling for, for their team, but if there are other SEC teams playing in, in bowl games and playing in, in national championship games, the SEC is, is pulling for family. And uh, that's, that's, a, that's unique, I think, to the SEC, especially at the, at the level that it is. Before we wrap up, want to let everybody know once again next week episode five it'll air wednesday july 1st miami heats michael biamani so be sure to download anchor spotify or google podcast to listen to that mention the social media handles facebook and twitter be sure to find us there and one final time on this episode the public address voice of jordan harris stadium and the auburn tigers mr rick smith rick once again thank you so much for being a part of this episode we really appreciate you you're welcome thanks for having me